After all, there is nothing real outside our perception of reality, is there? Pas te dire ce que tu peux faire pour moi. Tu vas voir, c'est pas compliqué. Tu me parles pas. Tu me poses pas de questions. If you wish to avoid prosecution, I would advise that you comply with our language laws. This is the Royal Canadian Movie Podcast. Hey there, welcome to the RCMP. That's the Royal Canadian Movie Podcast. I'm your co-host today, Becky Shrimpton, and with me, more often than not, is Mr. Cameron Maitland. Hey, Cam. Hello. <laughs> You're back. I'm so glad yes. we're in the same room together. Yeah, it's true. A long, weird festival run, doing lots of TV stuff. Yeah. Uh, we're about to back. lose you for two months as you yeah. go deep into a Potentially, yeah. Oh, well... Well, hopefully, award season, I'm getting some aid. Uh, also, currently, the BAFTA Awards have nowhere to give out the awards. What? So, What's <laughs> not to put them that? on blast, but, <laughs> but were, like, the BAFTA Awards don't even know if they'll be on TV at uh... the moment because the Royal Albert Hall is being refurnished. Oh. Well, so all you have to do is call them up and say, if you want me to stand on a red carpet, yeah. I'm going to need a red carpet to stand on. Exactly. Mm. This is like the, this is going to be a future episode of The Crown, where the, <laughs> the Queen must decide if the BAFTA <laughs> Awards will be in one of her lesser palaces. I don't know. Anyway, uh, you're going to lose me probably anyway. I know. Yeah, it's, that's life, man. You're very busy and important. I'm a very busy and important person. You know who else is very busy and important? No. The Queen. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> As well as our guest today, yeah. who you just heard uh, yeah. in his comedy stylings. Is that your comedy stylings voice, Mark? That's how I. That's how you know that the comedy stylings are forthcoming <laughs> and have sure. also come in the recent go. past. Is you open with the queen? <laughs> that's right. It's the queen yeah. of Canadian comedy himself. <laughs> Mr. Mark Little is with us today. Yes. Hey, Mark. Hello. Hi. 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 Uh, you may know Mark from uh, many things, especially Gary and His Demons, which is an animated series that I adore, currently streaming on CBC here in Canada. You can watch it online. What's it about, Mark? What's it about? Oh. Uh, Give me your elevator pitch. It's about Come a, on. <laughs> a young podcaster slash, uh, <laughs> slash reporter who desperately wants to attend the BAFTA Awards. Oh, no. <laughs> but is worried about the location oh, thereof. Thanks. It's about a demon hunter. Yeah. It's about a demon hunter. Mm. But he's uh, he's getting up there, and he's been <laughs> promised he can retire, and then he finds out that once again there's no successor for whatever mystical reason, and so he's forced to keep doing this job that he hates. So oh. it's a depressed demon hunter. That's what Gary and his yeah. demons is about. Co-sign. But Cam and his BAFTAs yeah. <laughs> is it's my other really series. Uh, In many ways, those are my demons. You do wear a lot of cardigans, so this yeah. seems like an appropriate show for you. <laughs> I do mm-hmm. wish I could retire. <laughs> <laughs> and you have your demons, so yes. there's all of that. Yes. Uh, Mark Little, you'll also know from Picnic Face. We haven't talked. We haven't seen Roller Town yet, but we've no, talked about it. It seems like one that people should bring to our podcast. Someone's but... going to bring it eventually. Oh, yeah. Can you do you do podcasts on the first uh, two acts of films, <laughs> <laughs> or perhaps acts one and three? We uh, could, we could if that's something you'd enjoy. Act yeah. twos are hard for everybody, beginning and ends, man. Oh yeah, it's the way to go. The yeah. middles is where you get really. I mean, when styled. you have a sketch yeah. comedy movie, there's just stuff peppered. It's Pepper. yeah, that's it. Yeah, you get a joke here and there, and then you must endure things. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, you also have a podcast as well called My Gorgeous Son. That's right. Yes, yeah, it's I got a it. it's a podcast where uh, my friend Andy Bush is and his dad <laughs> do a podcast. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm involved in some ethereal yeah. way. Who knows? Yeah, who knows how that's I'm good. involved? You're but a producer. Let's, let's just say it's definitely his dad. Yes, <laughs> and and uh, Andy's okay with it all. 
You were also my former roommate uh, for what, six months? I think we, we lived together six months? Yeah. Yes, when we both lived in Vancouver. That's right. And it was very awkward and wonderful. We was had a it? very strange house just off of Commercial Drive. Um, uh-huh. There was a methadone clinic on the corner, mm-hmm. and we lived with your incontinent corgi. It was a sitcom. Oh, yeah, she was incontinent oh, in that yeah. time. <laughs> and you left her with us. It was wonderful. The oh, parties boy. were great. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> I didn't even know you had a corgi. I mean, yeah. Yeah. It was really unfolding. It was yeah. like Cowboy Bebop without all the so, surreal it, jazz music. And, yeah. And more urine. Yeah. And, and equal amounts of urine. I've never okay. seen Cowboy Bebop, but I got to assume <laughs> it's mostly jazz and urine from what I'm gleaning that. Yeah. And there's a corgi. Yeah. Uh, Mark, we kind of forced the movie on you this week. We had a bunch of back and forths. Uh, this is a film we've talked about in the podcast repeatedly as being one of Cam and my favorite yeah. films. We have weirdly a list of favorite films we bring up a lot that we can never convince <laughs> any guest to ever do. You know what? I tried to resist it. Mm-hmm. And then I watched a whole lot of Cronenberg movies. Yeah. Including Fast Company. Oh, I've never seen that. <laughs> it is terrible. Uh, it's absolute yeah. trash. It's a young Nicholas Campbell doing a very good job sure. as being a guy rubbing grease on two topless women. Okay, <laughs> wow. This is not a Cronenberg movie. No, no. No, no or is it a Cronenberg movie? No. Fair enough. I mean, <laughs> I yeah, it's not him rubbing grease into the flesh of <laughs> two topless yeah. women. Do they say the word flesh? Yeah, they say it too often. Okay. okay. They say, uh, let's now get down to our flesh parts and uh, <laughs> combine. Conjoin. Yes. Yeah. Can I tell you the best part of Fast Company? Yes, they clearly wanted Bruce Springsteen for the soundtrack and clearly could not afford him. And they ha- so they hired someone to do a very bad, no, presumably Canadian knockoff of a Springsteen song. And it's just one song throughout, and it's called Fast Company. And it's got like it's got the Springsteen guitar, and then like the Springsteen sax, and then the Springsteen like xylophone sound, whatever the hell that is. Uh, it just sounds like Born to Run, but yeah. it's but Fast Canadian. Company. Yeah, and Are it's you sure just it's not like Stop and Tom. <laughs> it's somehow not Stop and Tom. And every time someone gets moving, and you need to like wipe between scenes, you hear this. You hear those chords come in, and then the guy singing Fast Company. Was it Kim Mitchell? Because that's what that's sounding like. That's just my fault. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I make everything sound like everybody sounds like that. Uh, but that's so that was a very bad movie. But I tried to dip down, dive down that road, and yeah. then you guys made it painfully clear you were done talking about Cronenberg. Yeah. We, we, had, we had a lot, a lot of Cronenberg. But it's weird. We went like a year with almost no, never touching on him. We've still never done Adam Agoyan at yeah. all. I've never watched an Adam Agoyan oh, wow. movie. I feel I like bad about adjuster. it. Yeah, we're getting Sweet the impression. Sweet Hereafter, pretty good Yeah, too. Sweet Hereafter is great. Sweet Hereafter is just a bummer. The problem is a lot of yeah. big Canadian directors, their main movie is a bummer. Yeah. So it's nobody's like favorite movie. Although, yeah. interestingly, we did all of Sarah Polly right off also top. And bummer. also a bummer. So mm. there was that. But yeah, very interesting. The things people consider their favorites and slash or the things they remember as being Canadian. Yeah. Sure. So that. So yeah. what did we force feed you instead? Yeah. Well, you force fed me... Prom night. T- Wait, let me get the yes, order straight. Hello, uh, hello, Mary Lou. Prom night two. Yes. The haunting of Hamilton High. The haunting of Hamilton High. Double colon extravaganza. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> uh, a movie that straight up. That's the best title. Yes. I don't know if I've ever seen. I'm sure there are other examples, but I mm. love that the franchise is after the colon. Mm. Yeah. Like, this is hello, Mary Lou. 
Prom Night 2. I love that it contains a rhyme. It's yeah. very fun. It's pretty spectacular. And okay, so I went on a series because A, I love this movie, and B, there's a lot of information about it because the director slash writer loves to talk. And oh. he is flamboyant and wonderful. And I don't know if you guys have seen this yet, but you need to. Uh, this is his picture. Oh, yeah. I was not allowed to look this up. On IMDb. Wow. Oh, wow. I know. He, so, if, if I may describe him, he looks quite a bit like Pistachio Disguisey from the Master of Disguise trailer. When he <laughs> yeah, is trying that the to turtle get one? The turtle. Yeah. yeah. But uh, it, I think he looks, well, it's just, yeah. So he looks, who's the guy from the middle square on Hollywood Squares? Oh, uh, like Charles Nelson. He has Charles Nelson Riley glasses. So yeah, it's like Lex Luthor as Charles yes. Nelson Riley. I think he looks a bit like White RuPaul as Boy RuPaul. Oh, oh. I can see that. Yeah. Because he's very handsome. I should say yes. most of these things. I don't want to detract that he is not a. He's an incredibly handsome man. Yeah. The word I'm looking for is dapperly flamboyant. Sure. Yeah. With a hyphen. With I think. An- Absolutely bald head and glasses that take up his entire face. Yeah. He is and a magnificent. chin you could that would just kick the shit yeah. out of you. Yeah. And like a cravat. And yeah. a cravat. So for those of you who would like to follow along at home, his name is Ron Oliver. Yes. Uh, he is an incredibly interesting dude. So he got his career. He's American. And he mm. got his career because he was very into horror movies. And he understood that the uh, Canadian tax credit thing was going on. And mm. a bunch of crap was being made. And he's like, I can make crap. Uh, big ambitions. And so he wrote three screenplays and just cold sent them to a bunch of Toronto studios and one of them called him based on The Haunting of Hamilton High, this film, Mm. and we're Mm. like, yeah, we totally want to make this. Do you want to come up and make this with us? And he was like, sure. So he did. This was the first film he ever wrote and they immediately made it uh, with Peter R. Simpson, who I'm also now obsessed with, who we're going to get into probably later. And then the director of Hello, Mary Lou is Bruce Pittman and he was fired halfway through. um, And they gave Ron Oliver, so there was a cut done and they hated the director. And then Peter Simpson, who was the executive director, looked at him and said, so if I gave you $100,000 in a week, could you write a bunch more shit and film it and make it make sense? And he did. Wow. Do you want to guess what parts he added to make uh, it make sense? The e- weird visions of hell. Uh huh. And the weird pony. Oh, that's the best part of the movie, the pony. (laughs) Okay, we're going to get it. So that's the story behind this film. Uh, It was bought by, it was originally going to be released as Haunting of Hamilton High. Okay. It was bought by Samuel Goldman. And we're like, you guys own the rights to Prom Night, right? We're just going to make this a whole Prom Night movie. Sound good to you? Okay, great. Prom Night now. And um, Peter Simpson was actually, to his credit, was like, this is actually going to hurt the movie because it has nothing to do with it. And Troll 2 had not come out yet with that whole debacle that proves all of this wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, so they released it as that and it bombed. And he's pretty sure that it's because it came out as prom night and people were expecting a prom night film right so they were disappointed so it bombed but it still managed to garner a sequel that's right it actually did well because they already had the second one kind of oh the wheels were going and that one's a direct-to-video whereas that this one got a okay i guess why else it bombed because like prom night one sucks ass but it looks like a movie yes prom night two does not look (laughs) like a movie it's an extravaganza of cocaine and the 80s and it it looks like an episode of are you a Afraid of the yeah. Dark. Like, which, it's cheap. It looks yeah. cheap as hell. Which Ron Oliver went on to direct a number of episodes. Uh, I, don't dis- I don't disbelieve <laughs> yes, that for a second. Yes. It's uh, like, the first ten minutes of this movie, I was like, this sucks. Yeah. This is terrible. But then the horror is good. The yeah. effects are very good. And then some of the effects are 
doubly good. Like yeah. that horse, when that horse tongue yes. comes out and yeah. things get sexy, yeah. that's great. When the chalkboard turns into a oh, pool yeah, to hell, so yeah. cool. that's good. Yeah. There's good stuff. Yeah. But for some reason they can film that, but not two girls walking into a high school <laughs> without it looking like a the cheapest commercial that's ever been yeah. shot. And there's also gags in it too that are really clever and really quick. And they're like, blink and you'll miss it. And you're like, that was actually really funny yeah. and yeah. well delivered. And the actors don't suck. Michael Ironside is in this, not yeah. phoning it in. He's uh, so it, good. Also features the longest scene of a stunt of a person on fire on film to this point. What? Yeah. To it, this when it was made, when not it was made. to date. Not to date. I no, got gotcha. To when it was made, that was the longest time a person had been on fire in a stunt. Because the seven longest seconds. to seven seconds, longest to date, man on fire, Denzel Washington, whole film, <laughs> whole film, <laughs> showing yeah. myself. Out. Demons currently out. on CBC. Yeah. Showing myself yeah. out. <laughs> That's okay, That's so fine. we've talked about how insane this film is. Mark, what's this movie about? Question mark? Yeah, okay. So the first thing you need to know is that this does not have anything to do with Prom Night 1, except there's a prom. Yes. Yeah. And there's two proms, technically. <laughs> there's two, oh, there's two proms. It's bookended by proms. Yes. Um, prom Night 1 sucks, but has the great decapitation scene. It's the only reason to watch sure. Prom Night 1. And also Leslie Nielsen. And Jamie Nielsen Lee Curtis. Being, and Jamie Lee Curtis being time. very good and yeah. Leslie Nielsen being weird. Yeah. Yes. But still very watchable. Of the Canadian Jamie Lee Curtises, it's much better than Terror Train. That's yeah. all I can do. Terror give Train it. is weirder, though. I sure. will give it sure. that. Okay. Yeah. What's this movie about? So uh, we start in the fifties. The like, the like a stereotype squeezed from like just stereotype juice mm-hmm. <laughs> squeezed into a coffee filter. Like, like fifties. And uh, and there's like, a, but in, dropped into that is this poisonous woman, Mary Lou, mm-hmm. who just wants to have it her way and no other way. <laughs> and she's dating a guy, and then we don't find out why. But she, they've apparently been dating for years. Yes. And then, but she's also sleeping around with another guy. But it's not clear why, except that she just wants to hurt people. She yeah. wants to be bad. She and wants to be this bad. This is actually yeah. partially why I love her is because she's a villain that doesn't have a rape backstory. Like, right. There's no sexual assault. There's no like my daddy hurt me when I was yeah. little. There's none of that. She it's just, just loves being she just bad. loves being a jerk, and we don't let women do that. And I yes, love it. That's true. <laughs> that makes me she very happy. She's introduced writing her phone number in a confession booth with lipstick, like, yeah. which is the actual <laughs> phone number of Ron Oliver, the writer. Oh that's and, good. Uh, put it in because he wanted to see what would happen and nothing happened. No. Nothing happened, no. <laughs> sure sign of a failure. No. Uh, so she she's being bad and then she like jilts her boyfriend and he uh, takes it hard. And then when she is awarded the prom queen position, he decides he's going to prank her. Yes. Uh, some uh, rogues yes. <laughs> have left a, a pipe bomb in the bathroom. Stink bomb. A stink, stink bomb. It's, it's a, a pipe bomb. It's a pipe bomb. Like, 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 like a, a cherry bomb. They're going to yeah, blow yeah. up the toilet and then they're like, ooh, the principal's coming. Leave it on the counter or whatever. Yeah. So he's he's going to drop it from the rafters onto her and try and scare her as some mild prank revenge yeah. for jilting him. But it catches her dress on fire. She goes up in flames. She dies. <laughs> Nobody does anything. No one does a thing. Her last act is to, to look up, see it was him, and then with her melting eyes, declare yeah. <laughs> silent vengeance, yeah. which we know to be uh, forthcoming. Yes. Cut to decades later. Mm-hmm. He's now the principal of the school. 
Because why wouldn't you return to the place where you were traumatized as That's right. a youth? Uh, somehow her soul has been trapped in the tiara that goes to the prom queen, which yes. is locked in a chest in the costume room. Yeah. We pick which things. he seems to know, too. He's known weird. about the whole time. Yes, he knows <laughs> that there's a possessed magical picked, tiara yeah. in his he school. He picked it up. He was like, well, she's in yeah. there. <laughs> Sticks yeah. it back in the school because no children are curious. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. And then the longest story short, uh, her soul ends up in the body of an otherwise sweet young thing Mm -hmm. who then slowly becomes a bad old thing (laughs) and uh and mary lou is reborn to wreak the havoc that she has uh promised us yes mostly to the survivors or the the children of those who have done her wrong yeah but then also just some random nice people that she hates but really the only people the only person who did her wrong is the guy who killed yeah her. it's crazy that she goes so hard for the guy she was because che- this priest is the guy she was cheating with right that's yeah my understanding yes. that's right and she goes hard on that guy even though he was just he, yeah he seemed d- the most distressed that she was on fire <laughs> granted when she was on fire he the only shot of him is him pounding the stage yeah. in disbelief, yeah. screaming like, no. no, but Which doing nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nothing. Somebody kind of throws a cape, but you don't really see what comes of that. Yeah. And then she also just murders random I people. I do love his story in particular because it's clear that his entire life has been mapped out by the trauma of yes. seeing her die. Yeah. He, like, stopped being bad. Yeah. <laughs> he was a bad guy, stopped being bad, joined the uh, priesthood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, the rest is history. Well, that's like the, the thing that I think I like about this, which when once you see three is missing from three, because three is kind of the one where it's, I actually, going back to this one, I was shocked at how much, number one, I thought that her death was a bit of a conspiracy. Like I kind of, in my mind, well, yeah, in my Mm. mind, I thought that like all the guys were mad at her and they kind of set the prank up together. So the fact that it was one guy who was her boyfriend and basically like did it by accident is crazy. Mm -hmm. Uh, that's and, the that's the echo of prom night right yeah, there. Yeah. Yeah. The accidental prank. But like death. the bleakness of it. Because I also thought that the teenagers were more... Because in three, the teenagers are just assholes. Like, mm. it's the usual kind of Freddy thing where it's a bunch of assholes and you don't care. And you're kind of like, get a Mary Lou. And yeah. you're there for the kills <laughs> yes. in, that, yeah. in the third but one, too. A man gets stabbed with a nice Like, coat. two, almost mm. everybody except for two people are pretty nice. Like yeah. there's, there, I guess there's three if you count the guy who kind of forces a blowjob on the mean girl. But uh, then it's otherwise. It's yeah, like I think you can girl. count him. Yeah, you can count him. <laughs> Which I think that is like in a teen film the most graphic representation of a blowjob I've seen. Oh yeah. And then there's a yeah. joke later on. Their mouth tastes back. No, 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 no. That, are, that no. he wants him. He's like, uh, he actually says, "Your breath smells great. Can oh, I get yeah. one of those mints?" And it was like, "That's yeah. right, yeah." Yeah, Which so is this is very weird, weird joke. Very Which, weird. Which if it was not made by a gay man, I'd be like. Sure offside yeah. but you know but uh, uh my, my like what i think i like about two is the fact that it's so bleak like i always respect a horror movie that is like it's miserable when every person dies like she yeah. is killing people that are like do not deserve to die Ooh. at all oh yeah or is like triple tri- like the first person she kills just found out she's pregnant yeah <laughs> and she's she- such a sympathetic character <laughs> yeah. And they just offer like in a, a nice really topic. horrible way, <laughs> and in like a yeah. goofy deco way too, where they like go to cut her head off, and it's like, nah, I'm gonna <laughs> hang her, <laughs> hang <laughs> instead. Yeah, that's too easy. Yeah. That's great. And then the cape that hangs her flies out the window. Yes, to hide its own evidence. And <laughs> also throw her out the window. Oh yeah, so yeah. Like, she goes. Not out only too. did she like the police are gonna be like, this woman is hanged <laughs> and flew out a window. And I'm gonna also say almost had her head cut off. Yeah, the yeah. Police, yeah. No. Why is the chopper in the middle of the floor? There's a lot 
of paper cuts going on here, yeah. guys. What's up with this? So yeah, the, but like yeah, her, she's got these crazy supernatural powers and that just do anything. I like that. I like how twisted and specific the different character motivations are. Like I love sure. that. I love that it gets so weird. Like I love when this is going to sound awful, but I love that after the horse grows a tongue and licks her hand, she makes out with her own dad, yes. but it's not her dad anymore. And then her hyper religious mom freaks out at her and calls her like a harlot and a temptress. But all of that is just like, like when her mom specifically focuses on her, I don't know, just the, it. it's not reasonable, but it just feels like, ah, oh, I just learned something weird about this mom. Yes. Like, what a great moment. Or something weird about the dad. And definitely and something like, weird about the dad, because he didn't stop it no, from happening. No. And and is he? it's impossible to tell if he's, like, mind-controlled, but he just seems into it. But, yeah, he does seem into it, and then that kind of makes you revisit how close he was to her off the top of the yeah. movie. and Because he's it, always the, defending her, and the mom is always fighting. Yeah, and all of it was just like, oh, it just feels like every weird, cheesy little horror moment is uh, peeling back another layer of an actually very fucked up movie (laughs) and that's what i think i love about this film is that it's written by someone who'd never written a film before but Mm. had watched a ton of it and clearly observed and pulled so Mm. like there's ripoff stuff but not in the usual like oh wasn't it cool when it's more playing with that and twisting it yeah and tonally it stays the same the whole time which for a horror movie of a first-time filmmaker is really hard because especially if you're balancing comedy and horror which they're doing Mm. you know it all stays the same the jokes don't ever overpower the weirdness of the of the special effects and the special effects are weird so then my question is should we be letting up more people who don't know what they're doing make horror movies oh yeah aren't we definitely doing that all the time isn't that the one genre where that can't stop happening because what's kind of neat about this movie is it very much bridges the gap between the old concept and the new concept and prom nights too like the first prom night is just a straight up uh, slasher ripoff of even Black Christmas and yeah. then this one is much more Freddy Krueger of like the new mm. 80s silly dream like surrealism yeah. and then you have your like more gritty vintage thing and it's kind of bridging the gap between the two yeah yeah totally yeah I also feel like for me for my money I don't know how deep you guys are in like Freddy Krueger ripoffs but I think that this is my favorite yes no question like because I mean I guess Leprechaun kind of is and like Wishmaster and that bad one where Edward Furlong gets like a CDI game that's like an evil like that. game I'm the game master <laughs> what it's, it's not good uh, it's it's <laughs> it's like Mind Warp or something oh um, yeah but yeah I like this one like when I think about it 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 wasn't a huge subgenre but like Freddy Kruegery things this is definitely my favorite I think no question. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's good the, as hell, the and it has. Villain is so good. Yeah, and I think it has so good. It has that like miserable kind of streak of uh, Nightmare on Elm Street one, where mm. it's just like nobody believes you. Like she also for a long time, it, she doesn't just immediately get possessed, which I forgot too. Yeah, she's like struggling against it for a long time, and nobody listens to her, and everybody kind of just shrugs it off. And then the way that she finally gets possessed is by getting tricked into thinking she's helping a sympathetic kind of ghost from beyond right that's when the blackboard rearranges its words to say help me Mm -hmm. it's the first time mary it's mary lou like trying that different tactic of like she's tried to be the wind that blows the traveler's coat off his back and now she's gonna be the sun that warms the traveler's coat uh but then yeah she goes in you're kind of like oh wait does mary lou need help no she's just tricking her she's tricking her and now she's mary lou i uh okay it's there's, I don't, this movie feels impossible, it feels impossible that this movie was so good. And it really, I think it just does come down to like moment to moment choices because it's like the, the, you don't know what you're, who you're cheering for. Yeah. Like Mary Lou's 
wrong. She's wrong, but she's wronged. So you don't like Michael Ironside. You don't necessarily no. want him to survive. But then, like this, like young woman who's clearly the like protagonist, you're cheering for her to like fend off Mary Lou. But then she is Mary yeah. Lou. So now you're kind of cheering for her to just do whatever she wants. Yeah, it's a lot. It's you start liking Mary Lou when she is Mary Lou. Yeah, it kind of is freeing for her too, right? Yeah, she does have like she's weirdly like semi carry oppressed because it's all about like mm-hmm. she gets the prom crown because like her mom won't give her any money to get a prom dress because she's kind of like the carry mom and like doesn't want her being like a slut and they don't like her boyfriend who seemingly is just a nice guy he is a nice guy on a motorcycle <laughs> yeah like <laughs> he's all, the only problem in their mind is the motorcycle yeah yeah, yeah so that's like a, all a weird thing so when she becomes kind of like fun yeah and also by the time she becomes fun her friends are mostly dead. <laughs> like, the That's good true. friends she has are pretty much dead. But there's also just such a celebration in the death scenes, too. It yeah. becomes, like, almost final... Not as, like, um, Rube Goldberg machine is at Final Destination, no. but, mm. like, the scene with the locker where she oh, crushes yeah. her, and they have, like, the straight-up medium shot of a wop bop a loop bop a wop bam and it goes... It just crushes the woman, <laughs> oh, which it yeah. took six takes to get, apparently. Six times. I know. How do you even do that but, six like, times? It, it's just... It's interesting to see that actress, like, just Wendy Lyons, flip back and forth between good and bad and like mm. everything's just so fun that you're almost yeah. cheering for it I'm like oh what's she gonna do and next I mean, again yeah. there's a weird crazy shower scene that has so much character stuff again it like it's yeah. hyper gratuitous but it's also like a very weird character moment totally she starts like hitting on the girl and that's what like terrifies the girl yeah like that's what clues her into the fact that this is not her friend mm-hmm. which is such a strange like that's from like a french art movie not a dumb not even a dumb horror movie that shows boobs yeah like well that's because that was originally written to be with a towel and the uh, director okay. um not ron oliver who <laughs> sure. fixed everything later bruce Pittman, talked her into it being like you know there really is no other way we can do this i think this is really going to be a special moment oh, wow. if you do it naked and she was like yeah why not and sure. wow yeah that's crazy yeah i don't know and that's the only example of an exploitative director (laughs) in hollywood history thank god we stopped it by firing that man can we tell that story with a smile is that like is that funny i don't know i think i'm smiling but my eyes are reading panic i'm up for rape pony i think i think the the gratuitous pony which uh has been described as lascivious is excellent yes it's truly good yeah i also forgot that the pony was kind of like hanging out for like a bit before the pony gets real evil like it kind of is like looking around it's got the shifty eyes oh yeah it's it's unclear what exactly the evil in the pony is like because there's the evil just in the room which is and it traps her in her bed by uh contouring her body with her silky sheets but also a creepy effect where there's like the hands Mm -hmm. i don't know what's the the entity have you seen that oh one? god yes where it like with rips her, sh- her shirt open and she has like she has some sort of prosthetic with breasts that get groped and it's actually super disturbing wow it's like it takes a ghost raping a lady very seriously okay um, but that it's, it's very reminiscent of that which i think is an incredibly elaborate again it's like this is an effect where i don't know how they did it uh-huh. on this budget yeah. i know I think it's all just, Impressive. yeah, on this budget <laughs> yeah. is the question you always And asked. I also immediately ran to uh, the sucked in the chalkboard thing is a lot like the Prince of Darkness. Yeah, it is. Carpenter. Yeah. But it's the same year. Yeah. Really? So it's, it's like not ripping it not, off. It, not ripping it off. Because 
at first I was once I saw how late John Carpenter was, I'm like, wait, is John Carpenter ruining up Prom Night too? But then I'm like, ah, oh, same year, what? Incredible. <laughs> Some guy was selling sideways pools <laughs> like nobody's business. You want a pool that looks like a wall of a building? You got it. Done and done. Oh yeah, my god. Okay. Is there anything else you guys want to talk about um, about this one? Yeah, I feel like I do. Uh, I, I have an awesome Michael Ironside quote where uh, sure. apparently mm. the uh, Ron Oliver asked him, like, so uh, how do you feel about doing all these? I mean, you do so many bit parts and so many movies. And Michael Ironside was like, well, I may be a whore, but I'm a great lay. Wow. So I'm like, all right, that is the most self awareness I think I've heard of any character actor. I appreciate that. And yeah, I agree. Never phones it in, does Michael Ironside. That's true. Uh, I will shout out that having now that we've watched so many Canadian horror movies, Canadian horror movies are obsessed with being stuck in like a props area. Yeah. <laughs> like they always just shoot in a props house. That that came up again. Like I didn't I forgot that they run from like the prom to like where the props are. Because we've seen like eight different movies and oh. like cause curtains is in a props house. <laughs> it's, it's a good freaky area, but uh, yeah. that's weird. Oh, there, isn't there something in um, Black Christmas too where they do that? I mean, just an attic. I feel like there. Oh, it's yeah. an attic. Okay, I don't know. Yeah. Too many, too many Canadian horror. Uh, films yeah, but point. all of it. I mean, I, the gross, burnt up Mary Lou at the end. She looks great. She's excellent. got a whole Hellraiser thing going oh, on there. Oh, yeah, when she's reborn through the chest. Yeah, yeah. she like pops through the chest. And, like, That's good. Who Ironside just shoots? That's also like his solution. <laughs> yeah, just to shoot the girl. It is a principal <laughs> shooting a, a student. student. <laughs> and a student who he only. He kind I guess, no, she comes to him and, like, does the ring thing. Like, he knows that Mary Lou is, like, killing people. That's right. But again, there's never... Oh, I guess he kind of... He has to talk with the priest. But you're never really 100% sure that he's 100% sure that there is a ghost killing people. Yeah. He's... Got, yeah. He's, like, he knows it. They, there's that wonderful shot where he starts to suspect. Yeah. And it's right after the chest gets opened in the props room. Yeah. And then he's got the, his class photo... And you just hear this crack. Oh, yeah. And then he turns and sees that it's cracked right on the photo of Mary Lou. But she is so Terrific. poorly photoshopped into that photo. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just like a picture someone scotch taped yeah. oh, yeah. onto the other picture. It's, it's so good. Fair, yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, Ironside is good. He's I, good. I feel like I like the dud kind of boyfriend, too, because he's not very good at stopping anything. Oh, yeah. He's a very weak actor. Yeah. <laughs> I liked him oh, a lot. Oh, he was, he's, he he's went a on lot to do stuff, a bunch of stuff. Really? Yeah, yeah, he's, like, he's done very he's, well He's a pretty legit can con I guy. stand corrected. No, I mean his resume he, speaks for itself. He, he, he was a teen then. He was a teen then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's probably give him his big break. Well, Lisa Hawks, who plays the best friend, uh, or not the best friend, the woman who's like her rival for, oh, yeah. for the prom mm-hmm. queen. Yeah. Uh, she's the voice of Sailor Moon. <gasps> and does a whole bunch of other uh, voiceover stuff. She's an interesting yeah. woman. Louis Ferreria is oh, in 131 wow. productions. Okay. Uh I want to find he's in cocktail. <laughs> He He's is. In, that filmed um, here. Did you know that? No, I didn't. Yes, cocktail filmed in Toronto. Just the tropical scenes. That's right. <laughs> yes, <laughs> All obviously. The I'm trying to. He has like a. He was a regular on a Canadian TV series. Yeah. I think the uh, but, uh, not Tom Cruise, but the other guy in Cocktail is one. That's the actor I've enjoyed least watching in my life. <laughs> <laughs> like that that's on your there's a list for that for the you. Australian yeah guy? i just remember okay. being like bone deep put off by that man he really <laughs> he rubbed me the wrong way yeah i hated him oh my god uh, i just some, hated him uh, someone i do love though is uh brock simpson who plays josh in this who's the geek i think he gets a lot of really great lines um that are just meant to be jokey funny but like i can't he, even he remember play him. Them. so he's got he plays the computer geek at the end he gets the blowjob oh yeah, yeah. um and he, he's doing the potato radio at the beginning mm-hmm. and he gets that the great avocado line. radio that's his, his guac because he's like you've heard of the potato radio, oh yes it's the guac 
the avocado. Yeah, the avocado. I've made a guacamole, guacamole radio. radio. Uh, so he's in all four prom nights. He's oh. one of the little boys who uh, scares her to death. Really? In the he's good. Josh in this one. In the third one, he's a cop, um, which is also very funny. Uh, and I don't know who he plays in the fourth one, but he's in the fourth one. The tongue um, of the horse. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, he uh, is the son of Peter Simpson, the uh, director of this third one, and the executive producer of all four. Wow. I now know. And I was like, well, they have to be related. Nice. They have to. It That's is why. nice to know that in Canada, of all places, <laughs> nepotism is alive and yes. well. But I thought he was great. Like, I was there for it. He you know was what? Not, he was not terrible. Clearly not memorable for you, Mark, but not terrible. I'm remembering him now. I love his death when he's Mary Lou kid. realizes that he's awarded the prom queen status yeah. to the woman who gave him the blowjob. And then... Kills him through the internet. Yeah, yeah. electricity. Pre-internet. And he's also one of the good ones where uh, I'm always a fan of a later corpse returning. Like, Because he falls on the guy when he's in the prop house. What? He, he kind of comes out at The him. Chekhov's corpse. Yeah. He like oh, finds yeah. the guy's corpse. Chekhov's You know, to corpse. like up, up the stakes. <laughs> and, oh no, a demon just popped out of my girlfriend's chest. And my friend's dead. <laughs> 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 Everyone I love is dead. Oh my god! Um, all right, guys, we're at favorite moments. If there's nothing else you want to talk about, I know we've talked about like all of them. They're all. Oh, I, I've hit on a lot. I've got a couple. Okay. I mean, I super love uh, the fact. I mean, I guess we are always spoiling everything, but I love the fact that it ends with Mary Lou inside Michael Ironside. <laughs> that yeah. is awesome. And you only know because uh, she slash he at this point is the only one who would ever turn on 50s radio. Yes. And, well, he has the ring too. Oh yeah, the ring. Yeah. The ring is bad. Which also doesn't make sense because the third one opens with Hell and it's oh, Hell's yeah. chorus line and she's on Hell's chorus yeah. line in like full fishnets. The and, third like, one is all about the, okay. the kind of Hell visions and there's like a Hell version of high school it's it's that sounds fun it's fun it's fun it's fun it's i I think it's not as good but Mm. it is as fun. doesn't have the layers like for the kills it's worth it for the kills because kills are lots of fun and and it's a lot more like the freddy like uh yeah pain in the neck (laughs) oh and i do have a sad but interesting piece of trivia about prom night three uh so they were in meetings to go do it with live entertainment and they took a meeting with uh, the head of live entertainment and then uh he called a few weeks later and uh, they were like oh actually we have to go on hold with everything because of the murder ron oliver was like what do you mean the murder live entertainment was run by uh, mr menendez of the menendez Whoa. brothers um, so he had just had dinner with both the menendez brothers so uh production was delayed for two weeks because of the menendez murders on prom night three wow and that well. was the day that live entertainment became dead <laughs> entertainment. <laughs> a joke worthy of uh, Prom Night 3. <laughs> uh, but I will say uh, another, my other favorite uh, thing is, uh, I think it's when she's talking to Ironsides. 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 Yeah. Uh, the old the detective old, yeah, drama. Detective, yeah. yeah. But the, her thing when she's talking about being a ghost and she just says, you know what pissed me off the most? No fucking wings. Yes. <laughs> that was so good. Yeah. She's like t- t- talking about being in purgatory. Um, so weird. It's good. So weird. Is the idea that Mary Lou's soul never went anywhere else because she had unfinished business? Yeah, yeah. Is that ever addressed? Yeah, the priest kind of goes through it. I see. Yeah, like yeah. the priest kind of goes through the liturgy of if what her problem You're watching this movie for sense. It's like watching the raid redemption for plot. You're doing it wrong. Right. There is a lot of plot, though. I will say that it has a weird drop-off. It kind of starts starts hot 
Yeah. And then there's a weird drop off in like between the second and third act where there's just a lot of talking. That's uh-huh. a lot of chatting. Yeah. And not a lot of making out with a horse. <laughs> I think, and please, Mark, stop me if I'm wrong, but is one of the hardest things for writers to figure out what an audience is actually going to care about? No. <laughs> <laughs> In terms of like back backstory and mythology and things like that. No, I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, you don't know every detail of what people are going to care about, but you know the main thrust. I mean, yeah, it, it, that just simply touches on like what I said, which is like there's once our protagonist and our antagonist become the same person you're not quite sure what you're cheering for anymore so you don't know what how do you launch into act three like what's the death star and who's luke skywalker you know what i mean like there's some movies that just make it obvious you know what to cheer for even if you don't give a shit and then other movies they try to complicate things and it's fun and it's interesting but then there's a little bit of like okay (laughs) (laughs) you have that jarring dissatisfaction yeah Yeah, and then maybe but if the scenes are individually awesome enough then it doesn't matter true i'll also say that one thing i enjoyed because in my mind i remembered probably what he definitely wrote which is a few of the kills are motivated by actual 50s songs and then a few of them, oh she merely God. sings them to herself as they happen because uh, <laughs> they obviously cannot afford the rights to that many songs. Because they have like three or four, which is ambitious wow. for a Canadian production. I do remember that 150s, popular 50s song, uh, I almost cut my baby's head off, but then I hanged her instead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then I threw her out the window. <laughs> to be fair, I th- do think that one does get a song. Does it? But uh, the lollipop, she l- slowly, creepily sings to herself, and then she whistles rock around the clock after she throws her mom through the door <laughs> she's whistling rock around the clock <laughs> bill haley wanted too much money <laughs> well peter simpson uh knew better than people should go back and listen to our uh paul zaza episode because i'm sure. like 90 percent sure that he's talking about peter simpson in that episode yeah. um but somebody uh, pay for a special edition with all the songs totally yeah mm-hmm. yeah famously uh he was a man who enjoyed uh getting very close to the edge of plagiarism so yes, that's good yes. ah yeah. peter simpson peter yes. simpson did yes I see. He I likes see. to play the edge. Play the odds. Yeah, yeah okay. He's a gambler. I play see. The odds, a gambler. Especially with music. <laughs> this was with a composer that's like, go as close as you can. Okay, yeah. I think he might have composed Fast Company. Yeah, probably. Fast true. Company. True. It is oh. close to the line. I'll say my favorite part of nothing related to this movie, but speaking of Bruce Springsteen's ripoff, somebody recently <laughs> uh, introduced me to Square One's. 8% of your heart, which is a thing that teaches you about percentages. Uh-huh. It's a great Bruce Springsteen parody <laughs> because he's teaching the old lady about all the different percents of his heart that go to like his motorbike. But he's dressed like Bruce Springsteen and singing like Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> Amazing. It is. Look it up. Is there a fair use thing? Because I mean, Sesame Street did a lot of that too. Yeah, they got really close to the line. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I feel like in Sesame with Sesame Street, probably they mostly got permission, yeah. signed permission, so? like Weird Al style, when people were just like, ah, I can't say no to you. They're yeah. adorable. Just yeah. let him do it. Aww. Send a Muppet. It's not a real person. It's Send a Muppet. Okay. Uh, Mark, any other points that you love about this? Favorite part of the movie? I don't know if we've discussed this yet, but horse with a tongue. Horse with a tongue. Horse with a tongue. Uh, lascivious horse with a tongue because rocking, that word has to be in there. A rocking horse. Listen, it, it, cheap. It, technically cheap, I think, because it's just like eyes that, eyes that move back and forth. And then it snarls kind of, and like then a it. tongue that just is clearly just like a piece of material yeah. that just comes out in and out. But that something about the way they shoot it that looks that looks like a horse with a tongue. Yes, 
yeah. shot I think from the, underneath, which the makes the creepy it spooky. way mm-hmm. she's also laying on it. Oh yeah, and rocking is yeah. very yeah. weird. Uh, well, apparently, okay. Do you want to know a little bit behind the horse with a tongue? Sure. Yeah. Uh, what? He of course you have about the buried the lead. <laughs> Dig it up. Just a little How bit. How many times so, you have to mention it before? As, as the writer was talking about uh, creating this, he was like, okay, okay, I got to find like a point of contention for young women. Young women, uh, sexually rep- repressed, lots of challenges. What do women love? Women love horses. Uh, lascivious pony. And that's what it came that's down to. wonderful. That's there. the train of thought. That's and that I'm following it. Yeah, that's great. Totally. It's that's there. exactly how you make a horror movie. You dig into that kind of shit. <laughs> yes. They, yes. Or you just slap a tongue on a horse. However you get there, <laughs> as yeah. long as you get there. Yeah, I mean we could probably have three more horse tongue movies before <laughs> it like plays out. Honestly, yeah. wh- whatever I create next is gonna have a horse with a tongue. <laughs> for I'm not joking. Yeah, I'm not fine. joking. Yeah, you should. Ugh. Tip of the hat to old Peter Simpson and uh, who's the other one? Ron Oliver. Ron Oliver. <laughs> no tip of the hat to Bruce Pittman. You got fired. The hat doesn't get tipped. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but we can thank him for like the generic entrances and exits of the school. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> it really is amazing and it totally makes sense now that it's yeah. two directors yeah, that's yeah. why like why does this why is this volleyball scene so long and boring but then when she bonks her head and goes to limbo yeah. that's the best yeah. Yeah. Why, why when she's in hell cafeteria yeah. is it so good oh yeah God. but normal cafeteria looks like I shot the movie for this part <laughs> yeah and I think that's about it. I think my favorite thing is like there's all these like little jokes that the actors don't play like they don't walk a walk it like they just let it go. Mm. Um, so when the the rival is talking about the dress that she's getting, she's like, "It's beautiful. It's all red and it's covered in polka dots and there's a giant bow." And the woman at Sears says that Liz Taylor wore it to the Oscars, and I'm like, "The lady at Sears says it's the same one that Liz Taylor wore to the Oscars." <laughs> yeah. I'm into it. Well done. <laughs> yeah, just cute little bits. I love it. Yeah, there was a lot of little funny bits. Yeah, yeah, and then they're just all blinking you'll miss it and I yeah. like that because he doesn't spend it's not precious like mm. he knows he's clever but he doesn't yeah. spend his time with it and I feel like Throw with modern away. horror everyone's like joke get joke yes and I mean that's oh, very yeah. much three is yeah mm. that's that because guy. we're living in the post Rob Zombie landscape <laughs> are we blaming everything on Rob Zombie now we might as well okay great I'll tell you no, before I... Rob Zombie there were fewer Draculas in my neighborhood <laughs> oh lord Fewer Draculas. Anyone? No? Fewer Draculas in my... Draculas in my neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. Okay. He, know, he knows what he likes, and he shows us over and over again. To be fair, I never watched the evil clown one, the last one. Oh, 31. Yeah. Yes. I just 31? know because uh, Shudder keeps suggesting it to me sure. over and over again because mm. they have exclusive rights to it. Mm. But I like Shudder. And you got to give him props that... He was contractually forced to make Halloween 2, and he purposefully fucked it up just to get back at the studio. Really? He purposefully made a crazy movie, mostly starring his wife, about like a lady on a horse, because he was just mad that contractually he had to make a sequel and did not want to. Cam, I don't know what your goal was, but you are talking me into <laughs> Rob Zombie. I am on That's board. That's the one, the one he... I mean, I, I well, he's fine. Did but we the one thing I hugely even? respect is, yeah, he, he tanked a studio film because he was mad. That's fun. That's a fun departure from everyone else who tanked Halloween by accident. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> accident or just because they were having fun? Yeah, they're having too much fun. I yeah. think that's it. It's like, guys, druids. That's yeah. what we need now. We need <laughs> druids. So good. All right. Uh, CBC, Gary and his demons, Mark Little, how do people find you and your work and your funnies? 
Um, walk to the nearest uh, stable. Find a horse. <laughs> Tug on its tongue three times. I appear in the saddle. I lead you somewhere to an internet connection. And then I type in CBC online. I don't even know how you find that stuff. Google Gary and his yeah. demons CBC, and then that's all you need. Uh, if you're in Canada, if you're in the States, it's Verve. It's on Verve, VRV. And then otherwise, I'm on Twitter at Mark Mark Little. Beautiful. All right. How about you, Cameron Maitland? Um, well, let's see. On Twitter, I'm at CamFest. On Instagram, if you want to see me review every movie I watch, it's at iCram, like cramming things into your eyes. And get some previews on what's coming up on the podcast. Yeah, that's true. Sometimes. But I'll never reveal how much I hate the movie. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't want our guests to see. Um, uh, yeah, and otherwise, I mean, a Hollywood Suite connect blog i'm not writing as much lately just because i'm working on secret digital and television projects but uh yeah we got great writers and uh, maybe every once in a while i did just did like 18 interviews about the history of superman so look for me in your local oh, zoomer magazines <laughs> and on girth radio and is that real northern it's stars real. girth it's real. girth huh yeah i'm surprised you've never been on i'll, I'll hook you up please do I actually can I promote one last thing. Yes. Always. I'm sorry. I, I always no, I fine. I keep getting in trouble because I forget that uh, <clears throat> I go on like this is not the first movie podcast I've been in, and then uh, I made a movie. Oh yeah, last you year. have a movie that's <laughs> out right now, isn't it? And the producers of that movie could somehow sure. listen to every podcast I do, and then yeah. they are like you didn't mention it yeah, again, and true. I always intend sure. to, and I always forget. So there's a movie called Room for Rent, which is now available online. Yeah, uh, video on demand. It's consistently Big. suggested to me on iTunes. Well, you know what they say: if something's suggested, <laughs> follow oh that boy. suggestion. We'll try to put a link with the show. Yeah, so yeah, you can watch. This... Oh yeah, please, wa- please watch. Yeah, Becky. It's got Brett, Brett Gelman. <laughs> That's a big deal. And Brett McKinney, Gelman, Mark, Mark McKinney, McKinney, Stephanie Weir. Nice. Yeah. That's pretty. Patrick good. J. Adams. It's a good, hey, it's a awesome. good cast. Suits, baby. Carla Gallo. Isn't yeah. that the Suits guy? That's the Suits guy. Yeah. Oh, he was so like funny. this far away from current royalty. Mm. That's right. He was at the Markel uh, yeah. Harry wedding. Harry? Was that the one? Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he caused a brief controversy. I don't really remember. Did Loves he? escape rooms. I'll tell you that. Does he? Took us out all, all for lunch. He loved our escape room so much. Oh, wow. He likes yeah. a thrill, that one. Huh. Yeah. The yeah. greatest escape room of all. Suits. Love. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> oh, boy. Either uh, of them. And on that note, as for usual, you can find me on Twitter, at Le Shrimpton. That's the masculine Le Shrimpton over there. You can also find me on Instagram, Caridia underscore extravaganza, where uh, apparently I'm trying to figure out what's in my ceiling and the weird holes that are in yeah. it. Uh, I think oh. that's just, yeah, see? What's in there? Ah, that's a good question. Evil crown. I'm convinced it's right. I'm crowns. pulling myself up uh, and looking through, and oh no, horse I think I tongue. know what this ho- what this tongue belongs to. Yeah, <laughs> horse with tongue. we got a horse with a tongue up here. Uh, and on that note, let's go for a ride, Mark. <laughs> uh, hi ho. <laughs> the weirdest outro I've ever been a part of. Good job, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Royal Canadian Movie Podcast. If you like what we're doing, please remember to rate us and subscribe on iTunes or on your favorite podcatcher. It helps people find our podcast and Canadian media they love. Come chat with us at RCM Pod on Facebook or on Twitter at RCM Pod. Our theme song is by Craig Stewart and our show art is by Paul Stachniak. Join us next week for another great film from the wilds of Canadian cinema.